The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. It's time now for a place for veterans. And that place happens to be in a uh, dental chair in uh, Dr. Moeller's office. But, no, actually, it's here on America's Web Radio, and we're going to talk to you about all sorts of effects and uh, how the VA has not been friendly to your teeth. And uh, we'll just go from there. So, Don, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing good, Dave, and I hope we have a useful show uh, lined up for you. Uh, uh, I'm just going to give about a four- or five-minute update on the VA uh, I wrote the secretary of the VA, no response. Uh, that's Mr. Dennis McDonough. And I wrote the director of office research and development. That's Dr. Rachel Ramoni, uh, no response. And I wrote the director of the, uh, VA dental research. And I sent, uh, some letters to Reuters news and Fox news. Uh, I really don't know if they're the veterans friend because I wrote them many times. And they're apparently not interested in the veterans. So, I mean, it seems that way. Uh, I'm still waiting for the infamous talking heads to uh, even take an interest in the story. But here's here's what's going on. Uh, everybody needs to know, There's if you go to the VA website, and, and we're going to get to the police and firemen in a minute for the rest of the show. But anyway, if you go to the VA website, you look on, there's a picture that says dentistry. And it says oral health is part of total health. That's amazing because the VA is doing absolutely no research in that area, and it has not done any research in that area for three decades minimum. And the other thing is, is if you think if you're waiting for oral health care, uh, don't, because the VA is not doing any research on it. They have no dental researchers now. They have three thousand six hundred other researchers doing all kinds of research, but they don't have a single dentist doing research. Yeah, that's kind of odd, don't you think? Now, the next thing is that they don't have any funding. Oh, we don't need funding if you don't have any dental researchers. <laughs> so uh, I'm waiting for uh, the secretary of the VA to call, but I'm not holding my breath. And explain why the VA website, it looks like a contract to me. If you look at the Federal Trade Commission and look at medical promises, when the VA promises you and it's on the D- VA Dental website, and it says oral health is part of total health, whole health. I don't know where they draw the line. Well, I tell you where they draw it. It's conveniently drawn right at the edge of the drill and fill line. So they want you to believe that, and now we're getting into the PTSD thing, that when you have PTSD, you don't have uh, the achy joints, you don't have the muscle spasms, you don't have the nightmares, you don't have the headaches, and you don't have the compromised gum disease or periodontal disease. Well, they don't know this because they don't do research in it. So basically, it's no evil, and it's a plausible deniability is what they're maintaining. So we didn't do the research, or we didn't cook that meal, so we don't have to eat it. I just want veterans to know, uh, unless you start demanding and I mean demanding from your congressman that the VA start doing 
research in oral health and PTSD and oral health and total body health, uh, we're going to get nowhere as veterans. So after grinding that axe, we're going to move now into the, the the best part of the show. And we're talking to firemen and, and women and police officers and EMTs and frontline medical people who work in the ERs. And today we're going to kind of continue with the problem of moral injury. Now, I, uh, having gone to seminary uh, and also having a graduate degree in science, I can assure you that I am not in the least bit intimidated by psychologists uh, who think that moral injury is peripheral because the evidence, the scientific evidence supports the, uh, the importance of moral injury uh, in the treatment of what we'll call a trauma-inflicted uh, events. Now, PTSD, and, and this is just to review, because everybody didn't hear about the program when we started. So just to review, post-traumatic stress disorder is a total somatic, that means your total body problem. You can have cardiovascular problems, and veterans do. They have high blood pressure. They have cardiac problems. You can have uh, immune system problems because the, the steroids that are released from parts of your body are all out of whack because of the stress. And you can have uh, uh, endocrine problems and diabetes, increased incidence of diabetes. PTSD is not just in your, in your mind. That's such an antiquated idea that it doesn't even deserve comment. And I mean that because anybody who puts... Uh, looks for that on Google, we'll get a whole list. Now, but also, before we start moral injury, I mentioned in previous episodes about your worldview. And your worldview is packed and put into your frame that you, that you, that you live with. And you determine where that frame, uh, is, uh, and by that I mean you have a picture in that frame, and that picture is not on hard canvas. Maybe when you started the police work or fire work or nursing in the ER, you had a picture like everybody else in a standard frame, and it was hanging in your living room, and it was painted on wood or canvas. Well, you have to get around to the view that your worldview now has changed. The rest of the world, not so much. But your family, your friends are affected by PTSD. Your social circle is affected by PTSD. Your somatic systems, and we talked briefly about those, is affected by PTSD. Your social and cultural views of how you fit in with PTSD. And you have to understand a little bit of history on on PTSD. Uh, You think about, well, what about the ancients? Uh, you know, the warriors in the Bible and prehistory kind of thing. Well, you have to understand, when they came back from a battle, they had cultural acceptance, and they also had rituals. And you need to understand the importance of ritual, and I'm not going crazy on you here, but rituals are any way that society relates to a problem, kind of as a cohesive unit. So you come back from battle, 
and they have rituals to purify you. And Ed Tick in his book, E-D-T-I-C-K, uh, two names, has interesting take on this. Uh, and it's a welcoming integration, reintegration back into society. Society realizes that their safety depended on the warriors. And when they brought them back, they made them feel welcome. That does not occur uh, for the military in most countries or hardly any country. Uh, maybe Israel, because the war is in their face every day. But other than that, I'm not, not sure that it occurs anywhere else. I, I think so, one of the best examples of that would be the Native American Indians. They always right. welcome their warriors back. Right. Right, Dave. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that's exactly what we're talking about. And you know who else is part of that culture? If you look at firemen and policemen that used to be veterans, they're pretty much still on the front line. And so that you hang with a culture that knows what you're going through. And, uh, and the other thing, eh, not the other, but one thing, another thing, is that veterans, I had a veteran who's a Navy SEAL would come into my practice and I, and he said, sir, I'm just here to talk for about 15 minutes by somebody who won't judge what I had to do. You know, and I said, I don't judge people. And, and I, your, your comrades, your fellows, your soldiers, your fellow policemen, firemen, nurses, that's, that's who you kind of want to, that's your cultural, uh, welcoming home. Uh, and Dave, that, that's kind of what you were an EMT and, right. and talking to another EMT, uh, is beneficial for your mental health and your spiritual health because they understand. And I've had patients, and I hate to say this, they come in and tell me that they're professional health care providers or whatever they're called. Couldn't connect with them. It's kind of like, just suck it up. You know, just get on with your life. Just, you know, and that's uh, part of what I'm telling people here, our, our listeners, don't accept that anymore. It's, it's absolutely not scientific. It has no clinical those statements, they don't have any clinical value at all. You you basically, if you have PTSD, that's a, that's a, an injury that you never asked for. And uh, I actually read last night one of this, and I'll talk to him about him, his new book. Uh, he said this one girl he was interviewing said, I'd rather have another broken leg than, than depression and PTSD. And uh, that's that's how people that have PTSD feel about it. Dave, did that kind of amplify what you were saying? Yeah, and uh, you know, this is uh, this is where I get off with some of the uh, psychologists and psychiatrists as well. That you know, psychiatrists will treat it with a pill and not know what they're. They may think they know what they're doing, but they don't necessarily know. And uh, the psychi- psychologists will. Treat it with a lot of hmm, uh-huhs, and so forth. But, you know, it's, it's the old, again, a Native American saying, until you've walked a mile in my Mexicans, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Dave, exactly. And, I, and I, you know, I'm kind of going to segue into moral injury now. 
and that's you, you said it perfectly. The uh, antiquated view that moral injury does not affect recovery from PTSD is incorrect. And let's let's just parse it out. Moral injury, what the things that manifest themselves in moral injury, we'll start with a couple. Guilt and shame, okay, and and loss of meaning. We'll take those three to discuss in a minute. What characterizes PTSD? Well, PTSD is characterized by a fear reaction, the fear of losing your life. It doesn't mean that that same event that you almost lost your life, or maybe you were in combat or had to run into a fire to save somebody and almost didn't get out, it doesn't mean that you cannot have a simultaneous moral injury. You know, uh, in any trauma that comes in emergency room, there may be a blunt injury, there may be soft tissue lacerations, and there may be cranial injury, brain injuries. You, you can't exclude one injury from another. They all happen simultaneously. And, and people need to understand now that you can have moral injuries and we're going to talk about more of the diagnostic criteria later in this broadcast. But you say, well, it's not you get either either or. Yeah, you get a moral injury or you get PTSD. You can have both happening. And so the research is behind adding moral injury to the diagnostic workup of PTSD. And here's why. The success rate of helping people with PTSD without more considering moral injury injury counseling is not as good in a large percentage, and it depends, depends on the population of, of people with patients you're treating. It's not as good. In fact, think about it. You can get depression from moral injury, and you can also get it from PTSD. Well, how are you going to work on the PTSD if you if the pr- depression is caused by the moral injury from a loss of meaning in your life. And this is why we have the show. You're getting educated. Forewarned is forearmed, or what was it in World War II, to know your enemy. This is letting our listeners know, when you talk to a medical health professional, you go, hey, wait a minute, uh... I would like to talk to a chaplain who's trained in this, or a minister who's trained in this, and I'm going to tell you about some books you can buy yourself. However, you go, you know, you need to follow the science. Look them in the eye. I mean, it's like going to a, a chiropractor for open heart surgery. You get, you're in the wrong office. And so when you walk in for counseling and you go, you know, I'm, and, and, and I'm going to tell you some things to mention. Like, I, I have lost a meaning in my life. And a comment like, don't worry about that. We're here to fix your fear response. You just need to educate them. I mean, I mean, I bear them no ill will. You just simply need to educate them about this. You need to say, you know what? Here's some good books you might be interested in. And I'm going to give you those books later in the, in the broadcast. The next thing I'd like for the listeners to do is to make a checklist. We're going to mention stuff. Uh, on this particular show, and we have on others, it'd be good for you to make a checklist because uh, you go, wait a minute, this checklist with everything 
that Doc Moore is mentioning, it's got my name on it. You know, I, I don't have any meaning. You know, I'm feeling shame and guilt. Well, it's, that, those are diagnostic criteria, and that's why we have this show. We're not here trying to fix your moral injury, but just knowing that you've got a moral injury tacked on to uh, your PTSD is certainly helpful uh, in getting, we'll call it, fixed. Now, another thing that we need need to know is the importance of support groups. Support groups are critical in PTSD, and we discuss those at length, and I invite our listeners to go look at the archived material. We discuss those at length. You know, soldiers do it alone. Your family doesn't go into combat with you. So your team, wherever it is, is probably wearing a green, blue, or whatever uniform, and your wife and kids don't wear those uniforms. Well, they really are your support group, and your friends are your support group, and your culture builds in support groups. Now, I mentioned this in a paper I wrote. What happens in basic training is you're, it's, it's, and I use the word ritualized. When you, and I've been there, I was drafted, well invited after, to join the Army after I flunked out of college, but at any rate, you know, that's a real hoo-ah moment when you're getting screamed at, uh, getting off the buses, getting in line, and, and you know, there's a, there's a method to that madness. You're, you're, it's, we'll call it groupthink. You are no longer just, it's not about you, Mr. Soldier. It's about your, your group having success. So what do they do? They cut your hair off. And uh, then they put you in a uniform. And then you eat what everybody else eats. Well, that's intentional. That's a cultural transformation. And there are people... Uh, scientists and, and clinicians who were in the military. And they go, wait a minute, that was a transforming moment to be on a team that size that was going to inflict pain and harm on the bad guys. That was a cultural orientation. It was not like switching, I guess, from IBM to uh, Google as a computer programmer. You know, uh, same, same stuff, different day. It's not like that. That's a total transformation. And if you look at the people in the Army that they that, that go in the Army, you got farmers that are used to getting up five and working hard all day, and you have accountants and teachers coming in there that have never even held a weapon. So uh, that's a very diverse group of people, and that is the reason, and I'm not going to use that word, uh, indoctrination. That belongs in the communist countries like China and Russia. Oops, is that a political statement there, uh, Dave? any rate, you volunteer in a way to go in to defend your country because we believe that it's right. It's, it's a perfect no. We, nobody ever said it was, but it's so much better than the rest. So what we're doing, you, you need a moral compass, and the military, when you come in, is telling you about your new duties. You're going to be the protectors of freedom in the world. These are, are good ideas. These are wonderful ideas. But the problem is, is when you get a conflicting order from your commander, they do something that you go, wait a minute, why are we doing this as a free, free society? Well, that creates, in a moment of indecision and high intensity, that creates moral injuries. And that's what we're going to talk about. You can't 
necessarily get a moral injury if you ship a, a, a wrong set of slippers and you're working at Amazon uh, to a guy. Go, my, my goodness, I, I just sent bedroom slippers to a guy that ordered new suede shoes. You have to understand there was probably a moment in if you've had moral injury, uh, there may have been a moment that you just said, wait a minute, this is crazy. This is, I can't do this. Or watching somebody or being part of something that you didn't agree with or it crossed your moral consciousness. Now, another thing you need to put down in your checklist, uh, PTSD is associated usually with a singular event in many cases, you know, in battle, what happened, you know, fear got like I had mortars walked across a unit, you know, in our base camp. Well, that's that's very memorable. But there's also two things that PTSD has in common with moral injury. The slow accumulation of multiple events. Now, if you look at the poor people in graves registration, they didn't really see combat. But what they had to do day after day after day. Well, you can get PTSD from Graves registration. You don't have to be a guy with a silver star on your chest. You can get PTSD from being a medic or a nurse in an emergency room in, in a war zone or in the civilian world. Or if you're a fireman and you have to have to do uh, things that you can't believe you see things that you couldn't imagine. I have a, a bunch of friends that are firemen, and uh, they don't talk about that. And we know that's out there. Same with EMTs. And Dave, you were EMT. You know, when you roll up on a wreck, you're going to see things that people can't imagine. And this is what causes PTSD and moral injury. So even though your life was not particularly threatened, you still could suffer mental, uh, I mean, moral injury. And we're going to talk about some stuff uh, now in, 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 in moral injuries that kind of form a checklist. Dave, did you want to go to a break right now? Yeah, I think that would be a uh, good idea to to take a break and um, let everybody know that they're listening to America's Web Radio and that, uh, you know, any of our shows are downloaded and to the popular, all of the different um, podcast servers uh, like this show will be downloaded and you can pick it up on iTunes or Spotify or any of them. And, uh, if you have a question or you want to listen to, uh, uh, one of your favorite shows at a different time, uh, you can go to, uh, like I said, iTunes or Google Play, any of them. And, uh, Find the show and listen to it anytime, or driving down the road for that matter. Uh, so they're out there and they're there for you to play. There's no charge, and um, we would appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to them again. And if you missed one of Dr. Moeller's shows and you want to pick it up, go to uh, iTunes and A Place for Veterans, or you can go to our website. America's Web Radio and Programs and a Place for Veterans. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? 
If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. And by the way, I want to remind everybody that Victor will be filling in for Eric Erickson today on WSB Radio here in Atlanta, 750. And uh, we invite you, and I know Victor invites you to tune in to the Eric Erickson Show with Victor Armanderas filling in for him today. So tune in, and uh, we appreciate WSB, their cooperation, and uh, look forward to uh, hearing uh, Victor on WSB. So, with that, you're listening to America's Web Radio. Let's get back to Dr. Don Moeller and A Veteran's Place. And Don, it's all yours. All right. We're going to pick up on uh, two concepts. And one is resilience, and the other is prevention or protective. Uh, we'll call it spiritual health. And I'm going to look at and relate some figures and facts that let you know that people who engage in a healthy spiritual lifestyle, and yes, that might mean going to church. However, that definition of spirituality has changed. And what I mean by that is there are people who are connected to God, but they can't seem to find uh, a community of worshipers that are close to, to what they believe. But you are connected to a greater being, and you don't necessarily have to go to a particular church. Uh, I mean, if you, if you got one, that's great, and, and Dave would agree with me. But let's say that's just not possible doesn't mean you can't connect to God by reading the Bible, and we're going to get into that in a couple shows from now. And they, the Bible has a whole lot to say about injured warriors and moral injury. Now, I'm going to put another plug in here, and I'm going to identify it as a plug. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Dr. Brad Kell, K-E-L-L-E. He wrote a book on moral injury. He's got two of them. And uh, I was up... In the wee hours reading one uh, came on Kindle. Uh, they're they're very nice. Now remember, there's also another book by uh, Harold Koenig on moral injury. It's kind of like first aid. You're not going to try and treat yourself. Most of the book, all these books, are going to give you a great idea of what you're going to go through. And it's in a good sense because these guys have worked the puzzle. They, they have spent, these guys are really smart. These PhD guys, I mean, they are, I'll call them the ultimate geek. Uh, they, they're fun to talk to. Uh, it's tedious because they're very careful people. But, uh, Dr. Koenig is a psychiatrist, Christian man. And he's for anybody that wants to make spiritual connections. To, to work their way out of the 
hall of mirrors with PTSD. You know, if you've ever been in a hall of mirrors that distort your image, I just thought of that. Uh, I was in one of those a couple times. And that's what PTSD does and moral injury does to your, your the way you look at the world. And if you're trapped in one of those, you know, there are circuses and wherever, uh, amusement parks. If you're trapped in a house of mirrors, or let's imagine you were born in a house of mirrors, how would you know what reality was? Well, the people with PTSD and moral injury, you need to understand that you woke up one day in a house of mirrors, and you don't know whether you're big or fat or skinny or part of your body is gone figuratively, figuratively. And, and that's why I'm harping on the, the flexible frame with the your picture and family painted on, on rubberized canvas. You have to go through life like, hey, why am I angry all the time? You know, why am I depressed? Well, it's from PTSD. And so now you have to start working on it. But there is a prophylactic factor, a resilience factor built into those with a spiritual basis. And it protects you against uh, some of these things. Now, we're going to get into emotional well-being. Here's something that people need to understand, that emotional well-being governs your physical capabilities and your physiological responses. If you don't have a well-being feeling, if you're not oriented in your culture, and you feel you're across purposes, that easily can affect your physiology. So just remember that this PTSD. Don't ever believe somebody goes, "Oh, it's just it's just in your head." Yeah, right. Whatever. If religious, I'm a reading right here. If religious beliefs and practices increase happiness and life satisfactions then they are likely to help counteract the negative emotions associated with moral injuries. Many studies document the impact of religious practices on psychological well-being. In a systematic review of the quantitative research on this subject, a total of 326 peer-reviewed academic studies. Now, we're we're not talking about subjects. We're talking over 300 studies that they looked at identified these. Now, of those, 79% reported that these religious belief practices were related to significantly greater happiness, life satisfaction, and other psychological indicators of well-being. Well, that's impressive. When you get a peer-reviewed study that's been published and has enough information to convince a man like Harold Koenig to put it in his book, that, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So another thing that we want to talk about is meaning and purpose. And these are critical. And I will tell you that in college, when you when you have to take philosophy courses or if you go to the corner bar and drink, knock down a few beers with your pals, everybody has got a philosophy of life. And if they tell you they don't, they're lying. 
If they tell you they don't, they're lying. And that's one thing I learned as an old man. People are sometimes a walking infomercial looking for uh, somebody to corroborate their lifestyle. Everybody's got a worldview, and everybody has a reason for the meaning in their life. Now, the questions such as, why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? Where did I come from? And where am I going after I die? Now, I don't think Putin is thinking about that, or Hitler, or Mussolini, or Paul Pot. We're not going to exhaust the list here. I don't think they cared. Those people were sociopaths. Police officers and firemen and nurses, EMTs and soldiers are not sociopaths. Are there some in it? Well, hello. You know, so there are a couple whacked out soldiers and firemen. So what? That's true of everything. But it doesn't really apply to the fact that in large populations, the majority of people, and that's what statistics is about, the majority of people who practice and enjoy a God, God-ordained, blessed life aren't more resilient to the problems of moral injury. And, that, and that's what we're talking about. So why am I here? You know, that's the problem. When you answer a question and you're in combat and you see horrible stuff day after day after day, there's no way anybody that's been in combat doesn't look up and go, what in the world am I doing here? Why, how did I get into this mess? Now, if I'm being counseled by some psychologist that looks at me like, just snap out of it, you know, I, I go, you know, it must be great being you. Because I guarantee you, I absolutely guarantee you, that if you take the psychologists who are atheists and stick them in the combat that hundreds of thousands of our veterans had to endure. My wife's from Missouri, so I'm a show me. Show me. Join the Army as an infantry guy, special ops, whatever, and then come back after about six deployments and show me how it's done. So questions now about where did I come from? Well, that impacts on the meaning of life. You need a meaning of life. People that do not have a meaning of life on their schedule of events to consider that on a regular basis are not going to do well. And it goes from the richest people on the planet to the poorest people. And there are plenty of studies on cultures where the people have orders of magnitude less uh, physical blessings than we do in America and are much happier. And you can Google that, too, and check it out. So people that have a meaning in life. Now, we're going to talk about now spiritual beliefs, and this is right out of the book, offer more complex and usually more consoling answers. Well, we're talking about a divine plan. And this fellow by the name of, mm, I just, uh, <laughs> Victor Frankl. He was a German psychiatrist who was a Jewish guy put in a concentration camp. And one of my first books that I read decades ago was, um, well, forgot that. I'm on the air. So anyway, Victor Frankl, F R A N K 
E L. The meaning of life or something like that. But at any rate, the people in the concentration camps who had a meaning in life, who had a reason for being there and saying, God knows I can handle this, did a whole lot better than the people that just said there is no meaning and gave up. So now there's scientific evidence, because it's a, it's a, it's a population study. If you give this particular drug to somebody and they have this particular problem, they do better, then you get some glitzy advertisement and claim success, talk to the FDA, and you got a treatment. Well, if you take a large population of people with PTSD and they're being treated by atheists, secular people that say divine plan in your life is garbage, uh, they don't do as well as the people who realize that a moral injury has been possible and seek help for it. So the evidence is in that loss of a meaning of life uh, is not conducive to healing. In fact, there was a st- some studies, 45 studies, 93% of quantitative studies reported greater meaning and purpose among those who scored higher on the religious beliefs and practices. Now these, these are a lot, a lot of studies now that support this. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Now, another thing that moral injury involves is optimism and hope. Uh, they found in another study a decrease in hope is found in both moral injury and comorbid, that means associated, mental disorders such as depression and substance abuse disorders. Now, these conditions, as we talked about previously, increase the risk of suicide. These are facts. People that get involved in religious behaviors, religious belief practices, do way much better than people who deny that. That's just the way it is. These are facts. And there's always some naysayer that's going to jump up and say, yeah, but I knew a guy. Frankly, in medicine and publications, and I do research, those are called anecdotal stories, and they carry no weight. They carry absolutely no weight. We have got to worry about 16 million veterans in the United States and you're going to always have outliers. In fact, if you don't, I question the studies. Let's look at depression. Well, Dr. Koenig has done the homework for us. Of 444 published studies, and realize, to get it published, you just don't. Self-publishing is never quoted. I could go out right now and, and, and write a book on the group, The Moon is Made of Green Cheese, and get it published. That's not peer-reviewed literature. The stuff that Dr. Koenig is quoting and his uh, sidekicks, uh, that's academic for also qualified people. 444 published studies that had quantitatively examined the relationships between religious belief practices and depressive symptoms or depressive disorder, they demonstrated 61% reported that religious involvement was associated with less depression and faster recovery from depression. Okay, and the next 
critical word, is more recently randomized controlled trials have found that religious interventions significantly reduce depressive symptoms. And here's, here's what he ends with that's in this section. In a more recent longitudinal study, researchers at the Harvard School of Public Health followed 9,862 patients for six years. They were young adults. Finding those attending religious services weekly or more at baseline were approximately one-third less likely to develop a depressive order during up to six years of follow-up. Now, that's pretty impressive. Something that would increase your chances of not getting depression by 31%. When you look at the statistics that depression is one of the most common disorders, mental health disorders in the United States, 31% of, let's say it's 10 million, that's, whoa, let's do the math, 31, 3.1 million people, and it's a lot more than 10 million. So you can see that what Dr. Koenig, the book he's got, Moral Injury, a Handbook for Military Chaplains. If you like to read, and I love it, I'd suggest you get it. I think he publishes these at cost. You can get them on Amazon. The next thing is self-esteem. Uh, is the opposite of self-condemnation, a core symptom of moral injury and PTSD. Self-esteem slides. Make a checklist. Write it down. If you find your self-esteem is sliding, that's another reason you probably want to consider moral injury. Now, another study. Forty of these, forty-two of the, these studies uh, indicated significantly greater self-esteem among those who were more religious. Now, do you just start going to church? say, hey, this is going to fix me. No, that is absolutely what I'm not suggesting. That will have no effect. My dog doesn't have a clue what we're doing when we're saying grace at dinner. Doesn't have a clue. And neither does an atheist. That is not why you realize that there's a divine creator. And I'm not going to go into the biochemistry, molecular biology, and cell biology of why life never evolved on this planet period. And if someone would like to call in, uh, I would love to ask uh, Dave Moxley, we'll just put a whole show on. We'll do 10, 15 hours. I have enough evidence to dissuade anybody who is reasonable. There's no way you came from primordial slime. It's outrageous. And what they know now about neuroscience in the human brain, it's basically I uh, neurosurgeons uh, uh, Catholic neurosurgeon stood up and said, evolutionary theory trying to explain the brain is stand-up comedy. I'll leave it at that. Anxiety disorders. Anxiety is often uh, a strong, strong motivator for servicemen to turn to religion to control uh, their, quote, nerves. Now, you have to understand something about anxiety. This is like a leaky ceiling you got a hole in your roof. you got to understand that the symptoms that present from moral injury are kind of like having a leaky roof. The drips will show up and, and stain your ceiling. We've all 
anybody who's been poor has lived in apartments that had ceiling stains. Well, you have to look at your moral injury. There are ceiling stains that are starting to appear. When someone says, you know, that's because your roof leaks, you go, I didn't know that. That leak may be 10 feet to the right and 20 feet up. It's not necessarily directly over the stain, and that's the way moral injury works. Spiritual problems do not have a direct root in a direct correlation to what's your experience. It's a kind of a generalized sense of anxiety, and a generalized sense of anxiety can cause um, immune problems. That's a real problem, and there have been there have been hundreds of studies on this. Uh, the classic one was done in probably 1975 or something like that at Emory. A guy by the name of Studemeyer. Who cares? It's trivia. Point is, there are hundreds of studies. Now, we're going to talk about how post-traumatic stress disorder interfaces. Here's what I'm not saying. I am not saying that PTSD and moral injury... Uh, occur in everybody with equal prevalence. Let's look at firemen. Firemen have more can have PTSD they, because they do dangerous things. Police officers can have PTSD. But with respect to moral injury, the police officers have less documented percentage of moral injury. Why? Because police officers, when somebody's shooting at you, that pretty much stops all your thinking and you're in survival mode. Well, firemen have to deal with things like rescuing children who were unattended. Well, that raises a huge moral question. And same with nurses in the ER and EMT. Who are they going to help? So it's not that, P- that police officers don't have moral injuries. It's just that the situations that they're in are uh, less uh, inducive to form a moral injury. So... Uh, But now I am saying that numerous studies uh, have reported that there are much lower rates of PTSD among those people who engage in religious and and, and uh, uh, faith-based interfaces with their culture. We'll put it that way. And they found that those people who scored high on the religiosity Index. This is an exam. They give a test, just in, in survey, inventory survey. We're fifty-four percent less likely to report a lifetime history of PTSD, and another group was seventy percent less likely to report report current PTSD. Well, that shows just those figures that PTSD and moral injury are share a complex relationship with each other. If you have depression from moral injury and, and they're trying to treat it as, a, as a, a manifestation of a fear-driven response and it's really a moral injury, well, you're kind of given the wrong antibiotic for the wrong microbe. It's just that simple. So I wanted to share that with you uh, about the cross uh, or complexity. Now I'm going to talk about just briefly... Uh, the books I read from uh, Brad uh, Kale, uh, 
this is, is an area that I was not familiar with before I bought this book and started reading it. Uh, the neat thing about it is he is using the Bible. He's going back. He's a Ph.D. He's a professor at a seminary. He goes back and is looking at heroes in the Bible and how they responded to uh, the, the environment after the battle, so to speak. Uh, what the, the relationships. Well, he, he took King Saul and Saul's behavior with David. And I'm not going to beat it up right now, but he went through and carefully indicated how Saul's response indicated a moral injury. And he went through with the checklist many of the things that we were discussing, uh, anger, uh, unreasonable anger, depression, blah, blah, blah. He started going through in the Bible and tracing through and saying, look, a lot of these heroes had moral, suffered with moral injuries. And that's the exciting part. I have to finish these books. I just ordered two of them. Uh, but I recommend that you get them because you can, any, you can read anything you want. And his name is Brad Kell, K-E-L-L-E. Again, I have no interest. Uh, I never even met these people. Never met Dr. Koenig or, or Dr. Kell. But these are very helpful. And having gone to seminary, I didn't even know that from the seminary. It, it wasn't, you know, you can't learn everything. So what am I saying? You can reach out and for a couple bucks, uh, get this for the price of a couple dinners eating out, just eat in and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and buy the books. Uh, so anyway, uh, what I am saying is it, it it's kind of like self-help and first aid. Dave, it's time for you to comment on my hot, long-winded discussion. Well, I think, uh, you know, one, it's been very interesting and uh, pointing out the books that people can buy and do, you know, if, if they just won't be lazy, that's one of the biggest problems we have with a number of our shows here is that uh, people are just generally lazy, even though we've got uh, a multitude of research available, a multitude of books and so forth that are available to people. They have to have the desire and the interest to order the books and read them. And uh, I think you've done a good job of, of bringing that forward in uh, Koenig's book and uh, Kale's book. And if people, you know, the folks that I've known that have suffered the worst from uh, PTSD are desperate to reach out and find help. So hopefully uh, you've given them a clue of where to go and how to find it. Well, Dave, I want to say one thing that that, that is true. Except, and I've cruised a lot of websites, dozens and dozens of them. America's Web Radio is the only one doing this. I don't get a nickel for supporting Dave. Dave is pretty much uh, putting it out there at his own expense. But I will tell you, if you can find anything like a veteran's place on uh, on any other news source or web, uh, please write in. We're we want to get help for the, our listeners, but I don't think it's out there. I honestly don't. I can almost guarantee the discussion of moral injury. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dave Moxley 
for allowing this to be presented on the airway because uh, there are a lot of people who are ashamed of the gospel, ashamed to believe in God, or they're just currently not strong enough to get in somebody's face about it. But Dave and I are, and we want the best. We want the best care. You know, uh, I've been practicing oral maxillofacial surgery for over 40 years, and there's a lot of stuff that people uh, promulgated uh, in literature and small studies that it was very profitable to do, but I refused those because it didn't have enough evidence uh, to support it clinically. Well, I'm telling you that moral injury and PTSD that include spirituality and religious practices, uh, God knows what's going on in your life, and you can deny that. That's your privilege. That's what Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, that's what that story is. The first thing they did is said, we're, we're going to do what we want. And, and what, did the, what did God say? Now you have eaten from the tree of good and evil. You have the only meaning you have in your life is that you're going to rule, and I'm not. I mean, when you consider the profound nature of that story, that account, we'll call it, uh, historical account, that's that's amazing. When you consider that is, I would say, the first incidence of moral injury. You told God to his face, you don't exist, your rules don't matter, and we're getting all the fruit that we want of that tree. Well, I think, and that's my opinion, that's where uh, we have our first example of moral injury. And so you need to give serious thought. Maybe PTSD is going to, and I do not mean this to be taken lightly because I've got that disease. You're going to walk a tough, a tough road, but you're going to grow closer to God doing it. I mean, there's nothing we can do. We got, we got the disease. We got PTSD. You can, you can uh, ignore it, or you can say, "Hey, maybe this is going to change me." And I've got a, a different view of life than I did before I started this journey. So I will leave that uh, with our listeners that. Uh, just because you have PTSD does not mean it's a totally losing proposition. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a rough walk, but we've provided sources for you. And when you get, and, and this is exciting, this Dr. Bre- uh, Kell is, is going to look into biblical heroes and how they solved the problem. So that means God knows about what you're suffering. What do you think, Dave? Absolutely, and um, I think it's been, you know, <laughs> proven over and over again. I know a lot of veterans that, uh, because of circumstances, uh, well, what's the old the foxhole religion? Uh, and I know I have a good friend, or I say a good friend, a, a good acquaintance that uh, was a medic like yourself, and... Uh, after he uh, got out of the army, he became a chaplain and uh, went back in the army as a chaplain. And uh, it was all because of his experiences and knowing. And I and he's Paul's told me this. You know, I know there there was injection. You know, I know that uh, God took a stand for me and. Uh, you know, a lot of veterans feel that way. 
And they know for a fact that had God not intervened in a situation, they wouldn't be here today. And so I, I think everything, you know, you said is true. And, you know, if you don't try it, then you can't, you can't say anything bad about it, can you? Right. Right, Dave. I mean, you're not step, uh, belief in nothing is not what we're talking about. Uh, we're not promulgating, have a happy thought. That's the dumbest thing you could tell somebody with moral injury. You're saying, no, it goes deeper than that. You're looking face to face, and we're going to talk about it with, you're looking face to face with who you really are. And Hollywood is totally the 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Imagine this. No. PTSD and moral injury, you're going to have a good idea more than pretty much anybody else who you really are. And that's scary. That's scary, but when you finish with it, you'll be you'll be the better person for it. No question. And, uh, you know, it's, the, stu- the toughest step to take is always the first one. But you have to do it. Well, Dave, thanks for having me on again, and thanks for having America's Web Radio support this, and I'll call it a mission uh, endeavor, to the millions of veterans, police officers, and firemen who may be struggling and think they're by themselves. You're not. Nope. There's always someone for you and with you. Uh, Don, thank you for the show today, and... Uh, we will same song, second verse next week. Amen, brother. Bye. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.